0: on the other side of that door was a identity that was hidden behind costume and masks they knew it you know it, it and yet they still went and responded to somebody knocking on the door and tonight i want us to just take a moment and think about it because in many cases we have Open the door to those who would hide from us, but the one who wants to bring revelation and insight, we seem to not respond to his knocking. So tonight I want to talk to you about, are you going to get that? Look at your neighbor and ask him, are you going to get that? (laughs) You can look in your Bible if you want to. We don't have this scripture for the screen, but Psalms 119 verse 2. From the Amplified, it reads this way, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are they who keep his testimonies and who seek, inquire for and of him, and crave him with a whole heart. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. That's me. Amen? Isn't that that the portion you just want to reach out and grab? Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Blessed. 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 Positioned to win or succeed in every given situation. That's what the word blessed means. Blessed doesn't mean that you got a new car or or new shoes or, you know, that, that might be the result of the blessing, but the blessing is to be positioned to win or succeed in any given situation. Blessed is the people. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Hard to keep his testimonies if you don't know what they are. I know it feels like a great justification. I didn't know, but that's kind of what my teenage boys say to me when they're in trouble too. So if you're going through life using that, you might decide it's time to grow and not be as immature as my three teenage sons. I didn't know. Well, whose fault is that? (laughs) Study. To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Study put some effort in it, break a sweat, go after the things of God. Blessed are they who keep his testimonies, who seek him, inquire for him, crave him with a whole heart. I, you know, what are you looking for, a good time or a God time? What are you seeking with with all of your you, with with all of your strength? What, what do you seek? Are, are you are you looking for a great deal? Are you looking for uh, you know a quick fix? Are are you, what are you looking for? What what drives you? What motivates you? We ought to be a people that are seeking God, seeking God, trying our best to find out what God would have us do in this very situation that we're standing in right here, right now. Seeking God with a whole heart. Look at your neighbor and say a whole heart. heart. You know, the only way that you can seek God with a whole heart is if he's taken your unwhole heart and made it whole. You don't have the opportunity to make a decision to seek God with a whole heart if your heart is unwhole. Because if your heart is unwhole, you're going to need God to make your heart whole in order to seek God with a whole heart. If you don't have a whole heart, if your heart has been broken, your heart is not whole, so you're going to need to find God to get your heart made whole before you can even seek Him with a whole heart. So until you get fixed, you're still going to seek Him with an unwhole heart. You know, what we need first, the very first thing that we've got to do is get to a place where God can fix our heart. In one of the Psalms, David said, My heart is fixed. Oh, how I wish most of us could say that. He meant riveted too and i'm twisting that a little bit just repaired oh how i wish our heart was fixed put back together jesus said that one of the one of the functions of the anointing was to mend the brokenhearted he said the spirit of the lord god is upon me because he hath anointed me to bring good news to to the poor the word poor all that means is somebody who has great need well, that be you that be me Good news to people with great need. We got great need, guys. I know that sometimes we look around and and we we act as if we understand our great need, but we don't live like we have any awareness of it at all. Again, you know, uh, I, I don't want you to think that every message we do is for people who aren't here. I think God brought you here tonight so that you could hear what he has been talking to me about. I believe that with everything in me. So don't you dare sit there and stare at me like I don't know what you're talking about. Because that ball-peen hammer can be manifested. <laughs> and we, we, we don't live like we have great need of God. We live as if everything's all right. Everything's cool in the charismatic pool. As long as people are out of my way and i got what I need, life is good. But I think God's trying to get us to become a people who are more passionate about His presence with an understanding that we couldn't possibly do what He's called and created us to do without His Spirit operating inside of us a hundredfold. We need to be seeking Him, inquiring of Him, craving Him. We need to get to a place where God can take our hearts, which are broken and dismantled. Yeah, I'm sorry, you can't go through this life without having some type of heartbreak occur. You know the word heart, from Genesis to Revelation, it means thoughts and emotions. So so you, the way you think and the and the emotional state, the way you feel... There, there stuff just happens that requires that we find a place where God can repair our broken hearts for Jesus to say the spirit of God is upon me to mend the broken heart is to announce to the world the hope that you don't have to live that way anymore. Oh, come on, somebody. We don't have to go through life every day trying to trying to fake it till we make it. We don't have to pretend as if we're not hurt we can come to the foot of the cross and get under the anointing of the Holy, Most Holy One and walk out whole if we'll spend enough time in His presence and allow Him to penetrate the hardness that our heart has, has adapted itself to. Man, we need God. La- last week we were at the Sound the Alarm uh, pastors meeting here in town, and Pastor Alec Rowland's shared and i just want to mention a couple of things that he talked about he talked about the book of esther which is the story of god saving a people who did not want to be saved he talked about the book of ezra which is the story of god restoring a temple that he had never inhabited he talked about nehemiah being the 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 city of god that got rebuilt yet remained sparsely populated they actually had to pay people to go live there when they were done and and just in, in 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 a sense how it compares to the church that we look at in our society trying to bring salvation to people who don't want it trying to build buildings that the spirit of god will never be released to operate in trying to build something but yet having to produce something for the people or they won't respond and something inside my spirit stood up and went that ain't gonna be us aren't you glad we're not normal I, I mean, you know, there, there's, something, there's something special about what God's doing in us, but yet there, there is a, a gravitational pull that attempts to draw everyone in, into that same environment. He quoted a man by the name of J. A. Packard who, ma- who made this statement. He said the average American church is paying their pastor to keep them from the living God. Do whatever you got to do to make me feel good about my life, but don't you dare bring me to the place where God's going to confront me. Don't take no light out and begin to shine it into the dark crevices of my heart because I know that there are other places I can go where they won't do that. Oh, too bad you wandered in here. <laughs> Now something on the inside of me, something on the inside of me, started stirring this week. You know, as we prepare ourselves to go out and possess the land and erect buildings, and I'm thinking, "Nah, we ain't gonna build a building that God ain't ever gonna inhabit." Refuse to invest my life in something that you got to pay the people to get them to come to it. There's not a reward there, you know. If there's, if we're asking for investment of any kind, they they don't show up. Uh uh now we're going to be a people who have a whole heart, who seek God with a whole heart, which means we're going to have to position ourselves in His presence long enough for Him to change our hearts, because the fact of the matter is is our hearts aren't whole. We don't think right in every situation. Our emotional, you know, remember, emotions are important because words turn to thoughts, thoughts turn to emotion, and emotion makes choices. Every choice you make is based from emotion. Unhealthy emotion is going to make an unhealthy choice. Healthy emotion is going to make a healthy choice. A carnal emotion will make a choice to protect your feelings. A godly emotion will make a choice to protect your future. Many times we don't make the choice that protects future because it's going to hurt our feelings. we need to get whole. We need to be healed. We, We need to allow God to do what only God can do. Change us from the inside out. Because we're not going to be a people who ain't going to let God in where we're at. We're going to be a people who are willing and ready to do whatever it takes. Because we're going to seek him with a whole heart. Look at your neighbor and say, my heart's going to get whole. Listen to this. In Revelation 3, John, writing for Jesus, he sent a letter to the churches. Three, three of them in Revelation 3, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And in each case, he calls to their attention something that has escaped their attention. You can call it mid-course corrections. You can call it healthy accountability. You can call it sound wisdom. But the fact of the matter is, is it was kind of a reality check that came with an action step for each of these churches. So this was the church that had fallen asleep on the job, and their action step was to wake up and repent. Philadelphia was, you know, their reality check was that they were little in power but with huge opportunity, and their action step was don't give up. To Laodicea, the reality check was that they were deceived and blind of their condition, and the action step was that it was time to change their priorities. If you need three points tonight, let me give them to you real quick. One, we've got to discern obstacles that attempt to separate us from the end that God's called us to. We must learn to discern the objects that attempt to separate us from the end that God has called us to. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Now we know that death is not dead, death is separation, right? So when we do things our way, we end up separated from the end that God's called us to. There is a way that seems right, but the end is off. So our focus must be on the end, not on the way. We've got to focus on what God declared the end was and let him take care of the way. But we have to be willing to discern obstacles that attempt to prevent us from reaching that end. Number two, we've got to confront mediocrity and take appropriate steps to correct it. In your life and in mine, there's places where we've settled in, where we've step back where we're breathing easy Now that's called mediocrity and we must be willing to confront it and correct it to do what god's called you to do is going to take a, a backbone that has the ability to face the storm remember this jehoshaphat 2nd kings twenty two forty eight. 48 jehoshaphat created Vessels to go to Tarshish for gold, but they went not for they were broken at Ejon Geber. Remember the king created vessels to go for the gold, but they didn't get the gold because they didn't have the backbone to face the storm. Ejon Geber, two words, backbone. They were broken in the backbone. You got to have a backbone. There's always a storm that attempts to separate you from the gold that you're created to carry. There's always a shore of promise given and a shore of promise received, which are always separated by a sea of storms. Remember, on one side of the sea, he said, let's go to the other side. But to get to the other side, you've got to cross the sea of storms. There is something that God has placed inside of you, a vision, a dream. Uh, Really, we call it a vision and a dream, but really, it's a command. Do this. This is purpose for you. You're always going to be faced with confrontation. There's always going to be stormy weather. We're under the impression that if it's hard, it must not be God. Grow up. If it's easy, you didn't need God. So what God's called you and your family to is going to demand great strength. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Well, God wouldn't tell you to be strong if it was if it's going to be light. Fear not. Three hundred and sixty five times in your Bible says, Fear not, be not dismayed, or be of good courage. Three hundred and sixty five times, one for every day of the year that it alludes to, it's going to get scary. It's going to take some stuff to do what God's called us to do. As a congregation, it's going to take some strength to stand up to the mediocrity, the, the spirit of indifference that tries to attach itself to a people of God and get them to not really care about what really, really matters. We have to be willing to confront mediocrity and change it. Number three, never grow satisfied with the status quo. Never grow satisfied never grow satisfied look with me revelations 3 14 through 22 we'll jump right down to laodicea and it said in the angel of the church of the laodiceans write these things says the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god i know your works it's very important to realize that often we get pretty intense about those works He said, I know your works. Well, yeah, you're at work. Don't let anybody fool you. If you're hanging around here very long, you're going to go to work. Okay? We might want to remember it's not just doing things right, but it's doing the right things that will make a big difference in life. I know your works, but you're neither... Cold or hot? I could wish you were cold or hot. I, I wish you would get heated up a little bit. See, that's the indifference. That's—is it all right if I'm just very evangelistically pastoral tonight? I'm not, I know I, I—I know you're great people, it, and you're probably sizzling hot. But when you leave here tonight, I hope you're seven times hotter. If you you don't change, listen to me. God is changing me. And the fires are increasing bit by bit. I don't want to be cold. I want to be hot. I want to be on fire, passionate about what God's called me to do. God didn't call me to babysit. I got to be careful. I'm not a chaplain. Where well, when you don't feel good, I swing by and say it's gonna be okay. We have people on staff for that. You come in here, nice, ain't what you're gonna get. I'm gonna jack you up and change the tire, because I can't see you going through life, blum 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 blum, blum the rest of your life. Pretending like everything's okay. It ain't okay. You're all over the road. You're messing up other areas of your life. It's time to get on fire for God. Time to pursue God with a whole heart. Look at your neighbor say, whole heart. Mm. You say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. I got everything. We got it together. I don't need anything. I have need of nothing. Uh, you know, you do realize that my God shall supply all of my needs. So when you need nothing, what are you going to get from God? Nothing. I have need of nothing. I don't need more prayer. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I don't need to be more passionate. Really? Really? Might want to start the car. I don't need more participation. Really? Can can I just hear me now? I I couldn't begin to tell you how many people were on the parking lot last night. Looked like a bazillion to me. By this time next week, I'm sure it's gonna be somewhere around thirty five hundred. Because the more we talk, the more we remember they showed up. And you might think, well, that's just a good time. No, that's that's a God time. It's an opportunity for us to connect as a body to people who don't know us and to open a door so that they can come know God. You... Can I, can, I, can I just say this? I, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the... the right, you got that part? So I'm not bringing condemnation. I want you to see something. You, do you know why we do trunk or treat? Because we believe God told us to. It's the only reason. The, the only reason. You, you know, when people say to me, well, I don't come because I don't have kids, I want to strangle them. Because you're the perfect candidate to work at an event like that where we can reach children because the people who have kids need to bring their kids. Well, geez, it was a huge success. I know it was, and I know what's coming next year. We're going to start collecting candy next week. (laughs) But we kind of have to have a paradigm shift. Trust me. Hear me now. Uh, our our objective is not to get your calendar so full you don't have time to breathe. We don't want to be real busy. We want to be real effective. But when we step out and do something, we we need to go as a body. Well, I don't need that. Really? How about I give you what you need? Uh-huh. Where that ball-peen hammer at? You say... I've got what I need. I, I know. I, okay, I'm just going to launch out there, okay? I, I even know what the house needs. Really. Really. Thank you, almost oh, spiritual one. How come you haven't come shared it? Well, I think we should be doing this. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. You want to have influence, hey, the doors are open. You want influence, the doors are open. But you'll have to participate in what we're doing before you get to suggest what we ought to do. I'm here tonight to challenge you. As a body, we're we're a couple of steps from crossing thresholds that change everything. And we won't do anything the way that they used to do it. We just don't do stuff the way they used to do it. And my goal is simple. Our, our, our vision is simplicity. We just want to simplify. You know what? we 're trying to connect people to God, get them relating to others, and reaching the world. We want to get people connected to God, relating with others, and influencing and impacting the world. That 's all we want to do. if we 're doing something for very long and it ain 't connecting people to God, and it 's not causing them to relate to others, and it 's not in fact impacting the world. We're whacking that thing off. We got to get to a place where we realize there's, there's some things in our, in, our, in our eyesight, in our, in our thinking, which is a little off. You say I'm rich. I don't need that. I have need of nothing. You do not know that you are wretched. God said this, by the way. just want to clarify. John writing a letter. He said Jesus told him to. You do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Well, there's the good news. <laughs> you know what's awesome about that? You know, you know really what's awesome? Back up one verse, would you? But check it out. When you're wretched, he can fix you. When you're miserable, he can bring peace to you. When you're poor, he can enrich you. When you're blind, he can heal you, and when you're naked, he'll clothe you. So, there ain't nothing that no need that we got that's outside the scope of his expertise. Well, that's a white hanky moment right there. Oh, but you know what you have to do? You know, you, you know what? There it is. Yes, thank God. But it don't do any good to know somebody that can heal the blind when you got the blind saying, I'm blind. Sitting alongside the road. Flat tire and out of gas. People stop to help you. Need help? Nope. I'm good. Honey, get out and push. Look at verse 18. It's him talking to us. I counsel you. You think we might want to take his advice? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. God said, you know what? You need to come to me to get what is going to really enrich your life. You need to be coming to me to find that which is really going to bring fulfillment. What you call golden. You need to come to me. Hello, somebody. I counsel you to buy gold. Find your security. You know, if your security is in the stock market, aren't you just a little nervous right now? God said, no, man, buy your gold for me. Refine in the fire that you might be rich, truly positioned. Blessed is the man who seeks me with his whole heart. God said, I I want you to be blessed. I want you to be rich. I want you to be whole. You realize that one of the definitions for the word rich simply is whole whole the blessing of the lord maketh rich no it maketh whole he wants to make your marriage whole he he, he wants to make your mind whole he wants to make your body whole he wants to make your heart whole saying come to me come to me white garments that you might be clothed that the shame of your nakedness might not be revealed God said, I, I, I want to change your wardrobe. I, this is God saying, sit down and watch what not to wear. God wants you to, to realize that what you're clothing yourself in, in reality, is actually separating you from who you've been called to be. You're pursuing all this stuff, and you're getting farther and farther from the place where God has called you to be. He said, I want to anoint your eyes with salve that you can see. He wants to bring new insight, revelation, discernment into your life. He's saying, come. You know, let, come to me for this. Clarity of vision. Goes on, he says, As many as I have loved, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous. Therefore be zealous and repent. Here's the verse we can quote. Behold, I... Stand at the door and knock. Are you going to get that? God, outside of your heart's door, knock it. you going to get that? You're going to respond to that? God telling you, man, there's some things in your life you need. And I'm the source. Will you open up the door? He said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. How are you going to get that? Ezekiel eighteen thirty through 32 in the message it reads well. It says, the upshot is this. I'll judge each of you according to the way you live. According to the way you live. So turn around. It's not all that difficult. Come on, guys. Make a change. Turn your backs on your rebellious living so that sin won't drag you down. you got an enemy that's trying to drag you down. Look at 31. Clean house. You know there's some stuff in your life that needs to be dealt with? There's stuff in your life. There's stuff in my life. It needs to be dealt with. God saying, like, come on, clean house. No more rebellions, please. Get a new heart. Get a new spirit. Why would you choose to die? Again, we're not talking about dead. We're talking about separation. Why would you choose separation when connection is available? Look at verse 32. I take no pleasure in anyone's death. Make a clean break. Live. King James, he said, I take uh, no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord. Turn ye and live. Can I suggest to you that the outcome of the upcoming election is not nearly as powerful in the sense of how it will impact your life and future as is your relationship with God. I'm not absolutely certain who's going to win. I ain't going to prophesy. But it won't really matter if we're separated from God. There are some issues, I'm certain, that mean much to you, but nothing should mean more to you than the condition of your heart in relationship to God. It's the sideshow distraction of the society that we live in that the enemy is using to distract us and keep us off focus. Gas goes up 50 cents a gallon. Suddenly prayer warriors are driving on down the road. Stock market shifts and plummets and suddenly people who haven't talked to God in months begin to talk to Him. Maybe you should talk to Him before trouble hits. Maybe it's time to stir up a fire inside of our heart that pushes us to a passionate pursuit of real relevant relationship with God. Maybe he should matter 24-7, 365 days of the year. Maybe we should be on fire for him, pursuing him in our life right now, regardless of what's coming down the pike. Second Chronicles 7:14 is another one that we can quote. It said, "If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave and require necessity my face." Sounds like a tall order, don't it? My people. My people. Isn't it funny that my people won't answer the door? I know we think quite often that that revelation scripture was written to sinners. No, you've written it to a church. My people called by my name. He hasn't disowned you. I don't know what the enemy tries to tell you, to use to blackmail you, to to tell you that you're no good. That's not the truth. God hasn't even disowned us. He said you're called by my name. It's an endearment that God has towards us. My people called by my name. If you just humble yourself. If you just realize this ain't your deal. It's mine. It's not about you. Humble yourself. If you could silence yourself, your spirit could hear. Humble yourself. Pray. Talk to God. Cry out to God. Pursue His voice in your world. And we're talking to all kinds of other people. Listening to all kinds of other voices. Now said, hey, humble yourself for a minute. Hear my voice. Seek me. Crave me. Require of necessity my face and turn from your wicked ways. I think right there is where we instantly run into a roadblock because it's very difficult to consider the wickedness of our own way. Because it's a way that seems right said it's a way that seemeth right to a man. The problem is, is it wi- it's wicked. The thing that seems right to you is the thing that God's asking you to turn away from. I know you got it all planned out. I know you got it all lined up. I know, I know you got your five-year and your ten-year plan sitting there in front of you. And I, and I know you, you see how things ought to occur. But God said, you know what, I need you to humble yourself. Release your plan. Turn from your wicked way. Then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive the sin, and I'll heal their land. You know what you and I need? We need to be changed in our heart. We need to realize, just like these churches, these churches were busy. They were working; they were doing everything that looked right. The calendars were full, their hands were busy, but their hearts were empty. They had been led away from the thing that first motivated them, which was a love for God. It's that love for God that God it, it is that first love we got to return to that first love we need to be back in love with jesus i wonder how many people walking through trunk or tree parking lot last night looked up and went oh dear god those people are here <laughs> wonder how many times you've sat in a church service and looked over there at the new visitor and went oh them wonder how many times we gotten really excited because something was coming that we liked Monday night football, and pizza. How our hearts have shifted. It's time to turn them back again. You know this is an interesting night to bring this message because in just a few moments the children are coming back. Tony, you might go ahead and tell them get ready. You telling them? Who's telling them? She's telling them. You're fine, Tony. She's going. Just a few minutes the children are gonna come in, they're gonna to minister to you, and I don't want you acting like you've been beat up from the street up. <laughs> hurry, hurry, son, sing, I gotta go. Spend a lot of time this week praying. Seems like the deeper in the week and closer to the service we got, the more intense this thing is inside of me. And I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you to prayerfully consider the path that God would have you take towards getting your heart made whole. I don't think it's something that we can do in a one-night prayer time, 15 minutes and mirroring oil on one another. And, you know, that, those times, I've I got to tell you, there ain't nobody in the room that likes them better than I do. I grew up there. I think this is awesome. But I think over the course of the next couple of months, If we do what God's asked us to, he'll heal our hearts. I don't think it's going to be a service or two. I think it's going to be a lifestyle change. I can't tell you that I know six easy steps to a whole heart. But I can tell you one horribly difficult one. The realization that you possess one. It's not an easy thing to open up enough and say my heart is messed up. But he can't ever make it whole if you can't admit it's broken. I'm not talking, you know, I grew up thinking that if you had a broken heart, you'd be sitting in a corner somewhere crying. That's not a broken heart. A broken heart is a thought process that does not line up with God. Thoughts and emotions that are not in alignment with truth. Like James said, he said, Many of you have deceived yourself by reasonings contrary to the truth. It is a it is the acceptance of something untrue that you refuse to admit is wrong. Which is why it's so difficult to even come to the place where we can say, I need God to work in my heart. Because we, we won't even admit it's our heart. Tonight, we're sitting here thinking about all the people we know that really need to hear this. And God brought you here. Isn't that weird? God will bring you and I to this place. Tonight, I want to pray for you. And I want you to know that in the course of the next several weeks, I'm going to be asking you to join me. And 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 I don't, even, I don't need a sign-up sheet, but there's going to be days where God's going to lay it on your heart to fast and pray. He's going to ask you to, to, to just uh, to really press in, not for somebody else. There is a moment that we will carry healing to the streets, but today could we possibly get ourselves healed first? Yes. Ask God to, to do what he needs to do in your life so that the next time you're in a worship opportunity, you actually have the ability to allow the Spirit of God to move on into the inside of you. It's not a song service, it's a worship opportunity. The, the next time you come to the church, you're thinking God's going to talk to me tonight. I've got to have my ears open so I can hear what God's going to say to me so He can change me when I leave that place. I'm going to ask you to take time this week and pray and seek God and ask Him, what is it that I'm not seeing? What is the wardrobe that needs to be removed? What are the changes you want to produce in me, Lord? Knowing that the revival that God wants to produce in you is going to bring the greatest level of life, liberty, joy, fulfillment that you have ever known. Remember in Revelation, two or three times in that one verse, he said that you might be made rich that you might be made whole that you might be have sight that you god is trying to restore us why don't we let him do it look at your neighbor and ask him you going to get that just before the children come would you bow your heads and close your eyes could i pray for you